Welcome to Movies for Lunch, where three of our co-workers sit in a car and we talk about movies or whatever we want. That's perfect. And that was normal speed. Uh, we didn't speed that up for... <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was not doctored or altered in any way. This is our first podcast of uh, the year 2020. The decade oh, 2020. That's true, yes. How fun is that when everyone corrects you on that? Oh, I love it Dude, so much. Jason it's, it's loves a, getting it's corrected. A, it's that's a real ball. His favorite thing is getting corrected about things like that. Mm-hmm. First thing I think we wanted to talk about, <laughs> we might be kind of being a bit quicker than we normally are because we have a meeting very soon. The two of us do. I do not. Chris does not. Um, the first thing I think we wanted to... <laughs> the two to, of us in this three-person con. Yeah, two of, two of the three co-workers. <laughs> Uh, what is the meeting about, by the way? Training. Training. We don't have time to talk about this. I think our listeners, you know, it's a little peek behind the curtain. Why are you on it and I'm not? Because I, I have an HR background, Chris. Uh, Chris, this isn't. Why are we spending time talking we've about got this? Tons of time. We have to be back there in forty minutes. All right. I want to discuss. Uh, the Golden Globes were last week, Sunday or Sunday. Um. I wanted to just maybe go over any time, like top level Golden Globe reactions, big news from the Golden Globes. Okay. It is very likely we will get the Oscar nominations on Monday when this will probably drop. The Oscar nominations are coming up. They're hot on the heels. Chris, did you watch the Golden Globes? No. Did you watch anything from it? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Steph, did you watch the Golden Globes? No. Were you aware that it, they happened? I was, and I have heard commentary from many, many people on them. Okay. I actually sat and I watched them. Anyway, who are the big winners and the big losers? Um, well, what comes to mind is I was happy to see Aquafina win yeah. for The Farewell. Which I haven't seen, but I need to. Yeah, she's really great. Um, I was happy to see Taron Egerton win for Rocket Man because after that came out, we had talked about how we didn't know if it would get any awards love because it had come out in May. I thought for sure it would be just forgotten completely. Yeah. Even though it was really good and they, mm-hmm. you know, Bohemian Rhapsody had just won a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and it's, you know, similar genre. And uh, so I was glad that he won. And then that also John won for Best Original Song. Phoebe Waller-Bridge really cleaned up for Fleabag. Yeah. Which is deserved because that show is fantastic. And yeah. she is so good. Do you know, I started Killing Eve and she is the writer on several of those episodes. Oh, really? No, I didn't, I didn't know she, she just that. She's, she's a little bit of everything. Wow. She's doing great. She's Best actor in a drama was our boy, Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix. Who had like a really drunk, rambly speech. Yeah, that was... You know what, though? I think he is just a weird guy in general. I mean, to be able to act like that, you gotta be a little eccentric, a little bit weird. Yeah. That's fine. I kind of want to talk a little bit about some of the weird speeches. I'm sure you saw this in your when you were looking at different moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, by far the worst speech of the night, I thought, was Renee Zellweger. Oh. Who won for Judy. Yeah. She just kind of rambled and went on too long. And they what started, was she talking about? I don't even really remember, except she was telling a story. And they started playing the walk-off music. And she just showed... No change in the tempo or pace of the story, or be rushed. no no acknowledgement of the music, and just kept telling the story. And it looked like a game of chicken of who was going to win, uh, her telling the story or them playing the music louder. At some point, do they c- turn off the microphone? I don't know. It was really looked like a battle of wills. I don't know what the levels of escalation are. I'm not sure either. Do you turn off them? Do you just keep playing it louder and hope they respond? <laughs> Is there like a certain level of award where you would never cut off? Well, did you see Ellen DeGeneres' 
acceptance speech. Yeah, and she made a joke about how... Yeah, she's like, I can go on as long as I want. I mean, it's a special award, so yeah. they don't cut me off. <laughs> the Ellen Award was fantastic, and Kate McKinnon's introduction and presentation of the award to Ellen was wonderful. Yeah, that was really good. Quentin Tarantino was weird, too. Yeah. Uh, but by far, my highlight of the evening, and the thing that stuck with me the most, was that... Pierce Brosnan had two of his sons acting as ambassadors where they would usher people to and from the stage. Um, their names are Paris and Dylan. Paris. If I'm correct, I think it's Paris who looks like Orin from Parks and Recreation, if you're familiar with this character. And they would just kind of slink around in the background behind people giving their acceptance speeches and offering their awards. <laughs> and then they would feebly try to like direct them away in which way to go. My favorite part was when they, when Brad Pitt was finished with his speech for accepting a Best Supporting Actor, he went to walk off um, from the stage and Paris feebly tried to direct him a certain way and Brad Pitt just kind of ignored him or didn't see him and continued walking <laughs> and Paris didn't really know what to do and kind of just looked incredibly awkward. <laughs> They're my favorite people to watch the entire, it was a nice little run through, it kind of held the entire uh, Golden Globes together. In some ways they were more of a host to me than Ricky Gervais was. Very well deserved. Thank you. Do you think this is any kind of momentum for Walking Phoenix winning Best Actor for Joker? Maybe. I, I, it's so hard. To, you never know what they're going to do. I mean, like, sometimes it's a slam dunk, but that someone was going to win. I think he is. he has as good a shot as he did before. I don't know if this changes his odds. I was listening to another podcast talk about if when the nominations come out and if Joker has a lot of technical awards or technical nominations along with, like, a lot of the big-time nominations that should be seen as a narrative that this is might be a little bit of a sweeps. What if it wins Best Picture? The Joker? Yeah. I would be shocked. Well, were you shocked when Green Book won? Yes. <laughs> so... Chris, you might have to mentally prepare yourself for a world where Joker won Best Picture. I, I'd be fine with that. I'm not going to be, like, outraged or anything. That'd be fine. But I would... I'm gonna, I, like, 19... I'd pick 1917 over that. As, like, the odds-on favorite to yes. win? Yes. Okay. It's interesting. Steph, do you have any anything to weigh in on this? No. No. Oh, thank, thank you, Steph. We'll discuss the Oscar nominations when they are revealed mm -hmm, to us, mm -hmm. and we'll we'll make a bracket of who our odds-on favorites are to win. Oh. And then when the Oscars happen, we'll compare them, and then we'll crown a winner. Wow. Everyone in agreement? Very exciting, yes. Steph, you excited for that? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> could you lean into Could you? Yes. Steph's on the record. The next thing I wanted to talk about is I believe there was a movie that uh, I saw this week and also Steph saw that Chris has yet to see that uh, we kind of just wanted to touch very briefly on, maybe give a little uh, brief review, maybe a recommendation, maybe a recommendation to never see it. That film is... Little Women. Oh, I thought you saw Cats. What? You didn't see Cats? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. When did I ever say I was going to see Cats? I can't even make it through a preview without getting creeped out and turning it off. I saw it. I saw okay, Cats. Okay, let's hear about <clears throat> it then. Everything you've heard about it, every review, as like fantastical and as creatively as they've tried to like differentiate their review from all the other like lambasting reviews, is 100% what that movie is. <laughs> I would recommend everyone go see that movie <laughs> because it... It is like a nightmare fuel that you just have to experience in person. It. We actually didn't stay for all of it. We left like with 20 minutes okay, to go. Okay. Why did you leave? Um, we'd seen enough. Yeah. 
That's 20 minutes of his life that he got no, back. But and I didn't recommend well, people see it. I didn't realize there was 20 minutes left when we left. It was only when we got in the car. I was like, oh, we were almost done. I could, my sense of time and space around me <laughs> would completely evaporate it. Well, cat years, you know. It falls into, very good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it falls into like, it's not like you're slowly descending into madness. It's like from the jump. Just grabs from your the face. The minute the, like, the main cat is in a bag dropped into the world and all the other cats swarm around it, it is like, what is, what am I watching? <laughs> this abomination. Watching what? Cat world. <laughs> this, yeah. No, uh, I will not see that movie because it will be at least an hour of my life that I could never get back. I, 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 I truly mean this. <laughs> I recommend it. everyone needs to see that movie. It is, you need to see it with people with a group of people it would probably just be depressing and disorienting if you were by yourself <laughs> disorienting go see it with a group you i promise it will be a good time or okay, or probably maybe. probably a, a more realistic thing is to wait for it to come out to Redbox or something and find it and That'd watch it on a screen where you can really see all the little ways that the, the way you can back up and be like did we get that right yes we did yes and we just need to see it on a big enough screen where the uncanny valley really seeps over you <laughs> and like terrifies you on a like a deep like fundamental level fundamental like <laughs> natural level that you can't quite understand what is so jarring and what like triggers that fight or flight response in you <laughs> it was great i cannot believe what did we talk about the hubris of hollywood yeah <laughs> in making this everyone involved well, and I was reading up a little bit about it, and it, it was a, such a phenomenon when it came out. It was the longest-running musical. musical on Broadway until Phantom of the Opera, which are both Andrew Lloyd Webber. So I'm sure everyone's saying, this is a disaster idea, why are you doing this? Would point, would point to, well, I'm sure they said that to them when they were creating the show anyway. But that, why do they not understand, like, Lion King, the Broadway musical is cool because of the costumes and the... It's not CGI that made it good. Well, and then they turn it into CGI, CGI and it, it's not even that. If this was like an animated film with actual cats, it might be a completely different story. But it, it's the it's the people. The proportions are all wrong. Their hands and feet are still human hands and feet, and they still have human noses and faces. But the rest, a lot of them are just dancing and they're just essentially naked, but with just fur covering them, just like a big. Ian McKellen naked cat man <laughs> every song is a cat talking about who they are what their deal is and they're because you're 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 following this cat who's been like thrown into this world and that's like your introductory point which is different from the musical and everyone she meets in every song every musical number is a different cat saying I am this cat and this is my name and this is what I'm all about for the entire movie what if I really like cats in general you know like the animal or the, the animal. show? The animal. Um, I think this will unlock... I think this will... This may ruin them for them. you. It will ruin cats for me. I, think, a, I hate cats. What will it do for me? I think in a lot of ways this will awaken some sexual desires that people weren't aware of. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Wow. Oh, um, sorry. Okay. Well, Little Women was fantastic. <laughs> Did you like Little Women? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Great. Well, <laughs> okay. Two movie reviews down. <laughs> both highly recommended yes go highly. see both of them there's a little bit of a trailer watch this is also a little bit of old news but it's come out this week um, this is for a movie called The New Mutants 
Yes, we didn't introduce a trail, some trailers that we watched previously on this podcast, <laughs> which may have been confusing for listeners. <laughs> we are watching the New Mutants yeah, trailer. To be clear, this is the New Mutants. Um, this is the first time Steph and I have seen this trailer. Hmm. Um, is this part of uh, X Men? I'll give a, a very quick rundown of the weird production history behind this film. This film was. This was filmed in 2016, this movie. There was massive reshoots. It was originally slated to come out in 2017. It was bumped back to 2018 with these reshoots. And then it it is technically Fox, and it is supposed to be set adjacent or within the Fox X-Men film universe. Mm -hmm. But with Disney acquiring Fox, this was like in limbo. And people didn't know if it was going to ever be released, if it was going to just be released, like dumped on some streaming service somewhere, because it's not set within the Marvel movies. It's technically in the Fox movies, which are done, and Marvel's rebooting them. And it's just been this movie that was, like, filmed a couple different times over the course of the last several years, and no one really knows what's happening. And they're now Disney is, like, Disney, Fox through Disney is committing to releasing this movie this year. And so they release this trailer, and they're saying, this movie is definitely a real movie that's coming out, and you will watch it in theaters. And so they're committing oh. to making this movie. And so that's what this trailer is basically kind of Glad doing I got the backstory because there was another trailer that came out like two years two or three years a ago long time ago yeah so anyway here's the trailer Steph first reaction mm. yep well I kept on thinking how did they refilm when people are getting older <laughs> well I think like the that... reshoots were done a while ago okay like a year later Okay, just a year later. Mm -hmm. Still. Did you have any thoughts a... on the trailer we watched? <laughs> <laughs> it looks okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's kind of... It's interesting. It's like a horror approach to... X-Men? Well, it's like, yeah, you would be really freaked out, I guess. By, and maybe, like, some institutions would try to, like, cage mutants in that way. Yeah. It's kind of already been explored in a lot of the X-Men movies. Yeah. There are a lot about... Yeah. William about... Stryker, in particular, experimenting mm -hmm. in caging mutants. Even Deadpool, they do it. Yeah. I would say like every other X-Men movie, this is some kind of plot line. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's a big part. That's an X-Men movie. That's what I said. Well, that's a big, it's a big part of the X-Men mythos is that people are afraid of them in general and how do people react to that. But I have a question. Do you think this will somehow, is this just a one-off? Is Marvel going to try to retrofit this to fit in with the MCU as an introduction to mutants in any way? Or is this just... A one and done, and they already had it in the dock. They'd already made like spent money making it. What do you think? I think based off of how much, how many issues this film has had already, and just being released like by itself, I'd be surprised if they tried to shoehorn some other stuff into it. It's probably already pretty flawed. <laughs> it's probably, I mean, like a movie that has this much production issues. Very rarely is it like the the final product any good. So I would be surprised. If Disney comes in and be like, oh, we could easily slide this thing in here. Especially since I would also be very surprised if Marvel continues with this, like, tone. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That, that's, that's I think, is the... tone. I feel like that's the biggest reason why this would just kind of not fit into anywhere else. Yeah. I think that they'll see how it, how it does, which will probably not be great. It's probably not a, you know, like Chris said, it's probably not a great show. But if it does do good and people really liked the characters, I think Disney might decide to keep the characters. How good would this have to be for them to do that? People would have to really like the characters. I would say it would have to make like 800 million at least, right? <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> so. Which, which isn't, that's not unheard of. 
for a Marvel film, but these are very, like, untested characters. No one knows who these actual, like, comic book characters are that these people are playing. It does have some pretty big names in there. Kind of. It has, like, yeah. a Stranger Things boy. Okay. Uh, and Game of Thrones girl. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> I think, honestly, you might just get more people that are into, like, horror aficionados that are kind of interested in seeing what this is. I don't think this will get that much attention. Or, uh -oh. I think it'll kind of come and go. I honestly don't think it'll be like a mess. I think it'll just be like fine is my prediction. Yeah. Well, speaking of who knows, maybe we should go back and see how well we did oh, in our 2019 fall preview. That's true. Let's see. One of our very earliest episodes, we went over the movies we were most excited about for the rest of 2019, and the one movie we thought would just be awful and bomb, or in some ways be the worst movie of that 2019. The most disappointing movie of 2019. Chris, do you remember which movies you picked? I do. Since we're not going to go through the ones we... Are we going to go through all of them? I'm just going to say, were there any movies you were very excited for and highly anticipating that you did not love? Well, I will tell you, there was one that I didn't even see, which is Dr. Sleep. Yeah. It got decent reviews. Mm -hmm. um, it did not do very well at the box office. No, it bombed really bad. It's almost breaking even right now. It's almost broken even. But uh, I didn't even see it. And so that was, I mean, I don't know how bad it is, but. So. I saw it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it was okay. All right. It was it wasn't like wonderful. It was like fine, perfectly serviceable. Yeah, probably my. I thought it would do a lot better than it did. I'm yeah, kind of, I'm kind of shocked, but probably my whiff, my my big whiff was that one. Okay, my biggest whiff, um, as far as my enjoyment was, I said I was very excited to see Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Oh no! And it turns out. Shh. Oh, on. Oh, oh, Steph's plugging her Steph ears. has not seen it yet, and uh... well, listeners, if you are actually listening to this, odds are you've heard our other podcast where we talk. I go <laughs> in in depth and at length about this movie and the things in which I did not appreciate about it. That would I would say that's the only one where I really was my anticipation and expectation was in no way met. I could hear you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't spoil anything. Did Not I? everybody I mean, felt I mean, like. Uh, look, Chris liked it. I liked I, it, and I didn't like it. And if, Matt Newman okay. liked it. If that should like give you an an even like playing ground to walk yeah, in this movie. Yeah, don't have any expectations. Yeah, Well, no, have no preconceptions. I'll say you should always expect to want to watch a good movie. <laughs> and that's that's the most I'll say about. And that's all I'm going to say about that. The wrap up of a 42 year long saga. All right, so what was Steph's? You, was there anything you were anticipating that you did not like? I can't remember what I said that I was anticipating. Interesting. I, I remember seeing Jojo Rabbit and being even more happy than I thought I would be. I did take note of what we said were the most disappointing movies that we were oh, anticipating yeah. for the year. Do you want to eat? everyone go around and say which movie they picked? Yes. Chris? I picked Midway. Steph? I think I said Lady and the Tramp. You did. <laughs> and I picked Rambo Last Blood. Oh. I have some statistics. Okay. I don't know if these will be good measurements for how to how to judge, but we can okay. I'll, I'll throw it out and All right. we'll we'll pick it apart as we will. Okay. For Midway, Midway has a 43% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 92% audience score. It had a $100 million budget and made $120 million. Rambo Last Blood has a 27% audience score and an 82% critics. Whoa. Interesting. <laughs> it had a $50 million budget and made 91. Wow. It's not bad, considering. 
Um, the Lady and the Tramp, 2019's Lady and the Tramp, has a 65% critic score, 53 audience. Um, there are no statistics because it was, was never released in theaters, and I couldn't even try to. F- I couldn't even figure out what the budget was for. You couldn't hack into Disney Plus and pull their. If I was given more time. <laughs> well, very interesting. So, so Midway got the highest audience score. Very high. I got the lowest critic score. Steph had the lowest audience score. Wait, no, you had the highest critic score. I had the lowest critical score at twenty-seven percent. Critics gave it gave Rambo twenty-seven percent. Oh, I thought you said that the critics' score was eighty-two percent. Audience was. Sorry. Oh, interesting. Okay. So how do you, how do you want to figure this out? Who who whiffed it more? Steph, with your permission, I think we can say Lady and the Tramp is not the most disappointing movie of the three that we're talking about. I guess uh, hopes were not so high for that one, so it's hard to get disappointed when. It's true. If so you I, can't, if I you take into make a hopes case for it being, and expectations. Uh, and I'll say, uh, between critics and audience, just going off Rotten Tomatoes, they were, everyone was kind of like, whatever. I'm going to make the case that Rambo is the most disappointing movie okay. because <laughs> of the most disparity between the audience and critic score, from 27 to 82%. Why is that yeah, make that it make more it disappointing? Well, what is... <laughs> I feel like that's not... What a, is disappointment, really? <laughs> At its core. <laughs> All right, look. Is it not just a difference between critics and audiences? Every time in my life I've ever been disappointed, it was because of a disparity between the audience and critic scores of anything in life. <laughs> look, it was probably Midway. Yeah! <laughs> Midway. <laughs> Although it looks like people loved Midway at 92%. I that's fine. But <laughs> there's no accounting for the audience score on movies. <laughs> that is true. Thank you for saying that. Finally, yeah. someone someone will say that. I will say it. Okay. I've always felt People that way. arguing about the audience score as make as if that's some kind of like indicator. Indicator of any kind of It means nothing. People's love for something or quality of something uh, or popularity it is, is meaningless. A, a worthless uh, <laughs> debate stance. But um, only making 120 versus a hundred million dollar budget. Well, and I is read, I read before on Wikipedia that they spent 40 million on uh, marketing. I, to me, I think it's actually like the the rule of thumb is usually double the production cost is usually what they spend on marketing for big budget movies. What? It, I could be it could be wrong for like mid budget ones like this. Oh, okay. but I know if like if you see like a 250 dollar mil, 250 million dollar Marvel movie, chances are they spent another 250. On marketing, wow! So they need to break five hundred to break even. Yeah, well, that's the thing about this guy, Roland Emmerich, or whatever his name is. Yeah, he always, like, the trailers always look good. You're always like, oh, that cast isn't bad. It had like Woody Harrelson, pretty and interesting cast. Patrick, yeah. what's his face? Patrick Wilson and uh, Aaron Eckhart, who Dennis Quaid hasn't done a good thing since The Dark Knight. Aaron sadly, Eckhart, yeah, he peaked. I know, that's Man. too bad. Well, what a peak, though. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to peak. If I made one movie in my life and it was... <laughs> he's Two-Face in The Dark Knight. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Harvey. I think it also has a Jonas Harvey brother. Dead. Okay. I think Midway also has a, features a Jonas brother. It could. It possibly could. Yeah, it did fine. But like I said before, that guy has not put out a good movie since Independence Day. Resurgence? No. Oh, the, I mean the first one. <laughs> the first one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Chris wins. Uh, now we know who to trust on this podcast. No. Good until, job, Chris. Until the Oscars tournament. Then we'll see. Oh, yeah, that's true. Then my crown title might, be taken. might move away. 
Should we have a crown? Yeah. Like yes. most trusted. I will bring it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Chris I have the most trusted Chris's crown. Chris's title is most trusted of yes. the podcast. <sighs> yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, listeners, uh, email in or tweet at us if you disagree or if you think Chris really is the most trusted <laughs> yeah. podcast. Have we ever gotten a tweet yet? No. Do we have a Twitter? <laughs> we do. I've been tweeting out a little I've been tweeting out oh, links shoot. to some of our episodes. The Twitter account is at movies for lunch <laughs> and four is spelled out F O R. F O F-O-R. Yes. We have one follower. Who is it? It is me. My personal <laughs> Twitter account. <laughs> there it is, though. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. Ashley B., tweet at us and any other listeners in what, whatever international you setting accounts? you are. Yeah. Didn't we get a listener from, I've got like, Google Sierra Translate. Leon? Yeah, we've got... Uh, you can do it in whatever language you choose. That's, that's right. Hmm. Um, we will be back uh, pretty soon with another episode. We'll discuss the Oscar nominations, what we think about them. We also want to do... Um, look forward, look ahead to 2020. Most anticipated 2020 films. Yes. So, anyway, if you have any questions, thanks for joining us. I think that that was our episode. See you next Very time. Sweet. Right. Say bye, Steph. Bye. <laughs> oh my god. Act normal. Act. Let me take this time to take off my jacket. Someone parked right next to us. He's getting out of their car. He looked right at me, dead in the face. We move where we are. Yes, we'll move, especially since that guy. Gave us a dirty look. Looks like he went on a drink run. He was looking at us so suspiciously. He was. I mean, we do have a microphone in here. <laughs> and a laptop. And we're at the end of this, like, business Can park. Can you just park, like, along this curb? <laughs>